From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Friday, April 28th. I'm Sarah Reith. The Board of Supervisors is likely to rescind an unpopular ordinance that charged members of the public for staff time to fulfill public records requests. The Board went into closed session before lunch on Tuesday, but it wasn't until the supervisors' reports at the end of the day that Supervisor Ted Williams made the following announcement. I want the Board and public to know that uh, Supervisor Mulhern and I will be uh, bringing a proposed action to the Board to repeal Ordinance 4507. That's the Public Records Act uh, ordinance. And uh, we've asked for the soonest time available in scheduling. In February, Supervisor John Hazchak requested support to rescind the ordinance after attending a presentation for county representatives from all over the state. This made him reconsider his initial support for the policy, and now he thought the county had put itself at risk of significant legal liability. The ordinance was supposed to cut down on the costs of complicated, time-consuming records requests. But David Loy, the legal director for the First Amendment Coalition, a free press advocacy organization, urged the board to follow through on rescinding the ordinance for several reasons. It violates the PRA. It's bad for democracy. It's bad for transparency. Public records belong to the people, not just the wealthy. Any financial barrier to access is a, is a barrier to full transparency that's guaranteed by California law and the California Constitution. For full disclosure, in August of last year, I joined a long list of reporters and publishers from all over the region between Humboldt County and the Bay Area to sign a letter circulated by Kate Maxwell, publisher of the Mendocino Voice, arguing against 4507. Jim Shields, publisher of the Mendocino County Observer in Laytonville, wrote multiple columns on the issue. And he researched a California Supreme Court case called National Lawyers Guild versus the City of Hayward, where the judge found that the city could not charge requesters for the time spent by staff to edit materials. Shields said he prepared a number of briefs and shared them with Hazchak, who circulated them with the board and county council. What happened here in Mendocino County with that ordinance that the uh, Board of Supervisors approved um, last year, it touched all these different facets of the Hayward case. And that's why I knew it was a winner. I mean, you know, and here you have a county council who, and I, I, kept, I kept saying to the supervisors, he's got to be aware <laughs> of this Hayward decision. Do you know if anybody was threatening litigation? Well, I was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you were telling the board that you were going to sue the county if they didn't pull it. Well, yeah, I said, you know, it's going to cost you money. Matt Lefevre, publisher of Mendo Fever, also alerted supervisors about a separate legal action that was being contemplated. The First Amendment Coalition was considering litigation on behalf of the Mendocino Voice, the Willits Environmental Center, the ACLU, and the Northern California chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists. Lefevre is a member of the SPJ and a taxpayer, which gives the organization legal standing to bring a case on his behalf. Taxpayer standing means if you're in a jurisdiction with an unlawful ordinance, you can bring a suit to demand that the jurisdiction stop enforcing it because it's an inappropriate use of public funds. He said the SBJ called to suss him out as a possible complainant about 4507. Lefevre regularly publishes my work. I then, out of sort of a good faith move, um, approached um, Supervisor Williams, Supervisor Hashek, and let them in that this legal um, challenge was going to be coming forward. And, you know, rather than cost the taxpayers more money and, um, you know, have to defend it in a court of law, you know, is there a way we can try to de-escalate this now? And it might be working. Hashek, who brought the issue to closed session on Tuesday, didn't name names. 
Well, I did get a, a call from a person who said, hey, this organization is going to come at the county with everything they have. And so I, I did take it to county council and said, hey, I, I wanted to have a meeting, you know, a closed session meeting to talk about this. You know, there's, there's certain cases that really show that um, the ordinance was on um, what I believe is shaky legal ground and that we didn't want to go there. There was also um, some comments in the last board meeting that we were doing this because of the cost of redacting information. And and there's a case of the lawyer, the National Lawyers Guild versus the city of Hayward, which says specifically you cannot <laughs> charge for redacting information like that. So I think we were kind of, um, the board was digging a hole for itself. The county is still facing legal liability if supervisors don't follow through on their intention to rescind. Yesterday, David Loy of the First Amendment Coalition and Chessie Thatcher of the ACLU sent another letter to County Council Christian Curtis and the board, saying they will proceed with litigation if the board does not calendar the motion to repeal the ordinance for the upcoming May 9th meeting. We reached out to Curtis yesterday, but did not hear back by press time. Williams insisted that the threat of litigation did not play a role in his decision, saying that the county receives threats of litigation every day of the year. We can't make decisions based on threats. But he said he doesn't want to keep the people from the people's records, even though he worries that there's nothing to stop anyone from generating requests that cost millions of dollars the county doesn't have. Supervisor Maureen Mulhern said she was also not concerned about litigation, adding that she trusts county council's advice. But she advocated a better records retention policy as well as improved communication. But communication goes both ways. She said she's seen requests for information that she and her colleagues on the board can easily provide. She noted that her cell phone number is public and she makes herself available to constituents on social media as well as in person. Many of the requests, she said, are things we can just tell people. It doesn't have to be a big ordeal. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news, with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.